Okay, guys, hello and welcome to the Guest Life Podcast, episode 45. Can't believe we made it this far. I say that every episode, but here we are. Um, today, uh, we have the great pleasure of having Monica Shugan um, in the house today. In the house. In the house. We're going to talk real estate. We're going to talk interior design. Um, Monica Shugan is the owner of Monica Shugan Interior Design Experts, um, and she's also a realtor of CHK Real Estate, powered by Keller Williams. We're going to get it. into Nailed it. <laughs> Going to get into the chats, going to get into the talks. But before that, guys, just want to thank everybody for tuning in, whether you're listening, whether you're watching. Um, you know, we're really always trying to enhance the podcast experience. So everything from good mics to now we've got a couple angles to edit these clips and cut these clips. We've got Ty in the background. He is the brightness behind the camera. Um, he's the one getting everything done for us. So we want to thank him. And now it's time to get into Monica. Into that. How are you? I am good. I am good. I'm here. <laughs> You're here. She was shoveling this morning. She tweaked her back, but we're not going to talk we're about it. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to just let Advil do its thing. And awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So tell us a little bit about you. We met at an event. Um, absolutely hit it off. Monica's got an incredible story tying in to what, in my opinion, is two incredible facets of real estate, home engagement, Um comforting what do you want to say yeah no that's a good word engagement i like yeah. that absolutely and comfort i think my tagline which we'll get into in a minute is you know finding the comfort in curation and that was a tagline that i came up with for my own brand long before i even like adventured into both the real estate and the interior design side and it's kind of one of those taglines that i was like wow this actually fits better than i expected it to but yeah my mission is just to find comfort for you in all things to do with home purchasing selling investing living you didn't just come up with that no that was oh like, that's was just awesome like <laughs> So our, our tagline is creating comfortable spaces and that's, oh, you know, from heat and water and air. There so it was meant to be. Um, tell us a little bit about what did you do first? Where'd you come from? Yeah. What's going on with that? Yeah. Oh gosh. It's a long story. <laughs> but time. for me, yeah. You know, I think I started, you know, uh, I went to university to be a teacher, to be honest. That was okay. like, like the trajectory. Um, you know, I'm, I'm born from immigrant parents who were really keen on me going to that second post-secondary education. So you kind of follow that path. You don't know what you're doing as a high schooler who's, you know, destined to try and pick what they're going to be doing for the rest of their life. So I went to school. Uh, the, the point was to become a teacher. During that, it was out here in Brantford, Ontario. I ended up working at Future Shop, <laughs> of all places. I went in to, uh, you know, work at Future Shop as a cashier, uh, just for some, you know, that bar money, just for, you know, it wasn't really about paying for school or books. It was just to have some drinks on Friday, Saturday night. Yeah. But long story short, uh, the person I interviewed with felt I'd be a good fit for sales and threw me into the sales atmosphere in the middle of, you know, Christmas season, long before online shopping was a thing. So people were lining up, you know, out, out at future shop lineups back when boxing day was Crazy. the thing to do right bawled my eyes out the first week like terrified i didn't even want to do sales i was like adamant that i wasn't going to be in sales i just wanted a quick easy job do my five to nine on evenings yeah. and leave and go and go party but uh eight years later i was you know store manager for a while covering some mat leaves and doing some wow. sales management positions within the company and rolling out cool opportunities within the company like sell shop back when cell phones were, you know, a new thing. Yeah. <laughs> so a while ago. But uh, from that, you know, sales around the, the, you know, all things home at that point was the the tagline, right? Technology was advancing things to make your smart home. We all know that word pretty well. And from that, you know, Future Shop ended up 
molding in with Best Buy, as we know. But yeah. at that point, you know, I transitioned into appliance sales with an appliance brand. And then from there, a lighting company. So I kind of just went down the corporate sales side, cool. um, but always surrounding the placement of home. And, you know, I threw out the window becoming a teacher to my parents' dismay, probably. Yeah, yeah. But here we are. So, and it, it kind of just, I fell into some different places that, you know, got me closer and closer to the interior design world and connecting and collaborating with pretty high-end, big names in the industry okay. on the design side. And it kind of got me thinking, you know, I used to love antiquing with my parents on the weekend, things like that. So you start realizing that you have a passion for something and how to actually apply that into uh, a functioning job that can pay you. So yeah. something I wasn't even considering, considering it was like a creative art area. Yeah, yeah. You never really thought of it as like a money-making job. So it was not something I was interested in learning about in school in that aspect. So I kind of went an irregular route to find myself in the design Amazing. sphere. Yeah. Going back to that, excuse me, um, just talking about like finding your passion. Mm. I'm going to stop there because I think a lot of the times, um, you know, we have co-op students from high school, we have co-op students from college, and it's always like, what do I love to do? And I think when you're going through that journey, you're trying to find out what you love. Mm-hmm. And I remember back in the day, like, I didn't, people were like, oh, you must love what you do now. I said, well, I didn't love plumbing, mm-hmm. but I've, I learned to love it. You're right. I learned to create a passion for it because I, I became an expert. Right. Did you find that with interior design? Yeah, I guess so. Like I was always on the sales side of things. So, you know, I, uh, at the closest I was before branching out as a designer, um, I was, one step removed from the end client and helping the designers source pieces of furniture, lighting, um, you know, the, all components of their actual design element. And through that, I started recognizing, oh, it's not absurd. I can do something like this. Like it, they're not just because they went to school for four years and got educated. You know, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden that's how you become a designer. Like you see things a certain way, you know, you get compliments on your own house or you go to someone else's house and you're rearranging pillows, like simple, simple <laughs> things where you're like, this is not a money-making activity. But when you get those, um, I don't want to say accolades, but compliments along the way, yeah. you start getting a bit more confidence in that. And then you start strategizing like, okay, how can I make this into an, a business adventure? Yeah. So, and a money-making thing without losing the passion for it too. Right. So I think once you kind of understand, the creative aspects of what you enjoy. And then you start seeing somebody else making money in that. You can kind of start replicating it in your own totally. fashion, yeah. I guess would be the best way to put that for myself anyways, in my journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We always say you don't have to recreate the wheel. You just have to pump up the tires. Yeah. You don't have to reinvent at all. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. And then, so from interior design, like when, when was that moment where you went on your own? Tell us about that. Yeah, I'm a product, a total cliche product of the pandemic. Okay. Like at the end of the day, I was corporate climbing. I was doing very well with that. Uh, burnt out a couple times, got laid off a couple times. Those are really like eye-opening experiences when you go through a moment of like everything I was working for and the people I was working for can just be like stripped away from you. So you start learning from those lessons like your legacy is up to you and how you, you know, how you do that is really in your own control. Yeah. You're, you're not in control. If it's not your own company, you're at the end of the day, you're not in control. Mm-hmm. So I really was destined at some point I was, I've been laid off three times uh, just due to cutbacks, due to, you know, restructuring of companies due to dollars being funded different ways in large corporations and your teams being, you know, completely abolished or, or shortened. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it, I really started learning that 
I have a talent. And if I see that in myself, I could take that wherever I go. And I think I made the mistake a few times of going to a next avenue and being like, these guys are going to believe in me more than the last people did. And I'll stay here forever. Like I went in with that mentality. Yeah. You know, I'm cut, like I said, from an immigrant cloth where you go and you do the same thing from the day you start working until you retire. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember my father saying to me, like, why don't you just stay with one thing? But we're not in that world necessarily yeah. anymore. Like the experience that you get from different places really can help mold you to get to your own place and make those decisions for yourself. So I think at the end of the day, I got to the point of my third layoff and I was like, I don't want to make this mistake again. Like, what can I do to build? And obviously pandemic life, people made changes that, you know, yeah. could help you, whether it be moving away from downtown core and wanting to start a life on, on a farm and then realizing they can't commute anymore. So what can I do on my own? Whatever the story might be for me, it was just now is the time. Like, I don't, you know, I don't want to be at the helm of somebody else's. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I think that's such an interesting concept of you're in charge of you. Mm-hmm. I remember like when you grew up was the question, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? Yeah. The rest of your rest of your life. life. And I remember being like, what you just did, like deer caught in the headlights. Like, what do you mean? Like, and I think for me, maybe it's a creative aspect or someone that comes from a creative mindset. Like I'm far more right brain than I am left brain. I struggle with the financials and things like that. I need to leverage and pull people into my life that are stronger in that right. aspect yeah. because I sit on the right side of the fence a little bit more than I do on the left, which as an entrepreneur, we could talk about that in a bit too. That's That was like my demise. I didn't do it for so long because I didn't think I had what it took to be organized enough to jump into something that I had to own, like all aspects of. So you learn to leverage and bring people in. But I think um, where I was going with that is um, I just feel like, you know, you, you don't have to have things all figured out. And that was a big eye opening experience for me. Like, just do it, make the mistakes, fail, fail often, fail forward. Like those cliche terms that yeah, we all talk yeah. about. That's what I had to do. Um, and looking back, I, I laugh because I'm like, I'm, I'm risk adverse at heart. So for me to do that, it was like, hold on a second here. (laughs) I don't know if I'm capable of this. Um, yet here we are, we're doing it and it's, it's fun. Yeah. Amazing. I I heard a quote the other day, I'm not going to name his name, but it was perfect. And, uh, it's always like, you know, you're like, it's never the right time. Right. I was always like, it's never the right time. It's never the right time. Just do it. Never the right time. Just do it. And I thought I was being so positive and he goes, Dan, it's always the right time. I go, fuck. I go, oh. You know what? It's like, oh, you hit me, hit me right in the feels. Yeah. Um, but in terms of making a decision or making a jump or making a move, it's always the right time. Yeah. Right? You're trying yeah. to, you know, either make it perfect. That's never going to happen. You're going to sit around and wait forever. Yeah, it's always yeah. the right time because you're never 100% ready. And when he kind of flipped the, you know, flipped the, the term on his head, I just, it really hit me hard for my mindset around making decisions like that, mm-hmm. right? It's always the right time. Just do it. Just do it. Because you're always going to make those decisions and then you're going to learn from them or adjust from them. Mm-hmm. And then that's how we grow. Yeah. It's terrifying though. Yeah. Like, especially like for myself, my, I'm like, I'm on my own. I was making the financial decision for myself. You know, yeah. I'm a homeowner. I've got responsibilities. I've got aging parents. I've got, you know, things that I want to make sure are set up that I could take care of. So that risk aversion was really the the that little like left side versus right side devil versus angel on my shoulder talking to each other going, what the hell am I supposed to do with all this? But the pandemic, I think, I mean, so cliche, but kind of opened up our eyes to everything. And I'm like, if not now, 
when, yeah. right? So I, I was able, I made some ironically unknowing smart decisions along my way that helped me out. Where I, I ended up selling a house in Cambridge, purchasing my place in Mississauga. And when I did that, you know, I... I wanted to do it so I can keep some money out and do some renovations on the house that are needed in Mississauga. But I ended up putting that money aside to do that. Then the pandemic hit and I was like, thank God I did that because I have some cash flow available to me. So when things started changing with the current workplace that I was at, you know, I I feel for the businesses, especially on the sales side, people had to cut back wages. I was involved in that. You know, there were some changes that had to be made and and less money to be made. And I think at that point I was like, if not now, when? Like, I, this is my opportunity yeah. to, you know, rejig things. That's when I end up getting my real estate license as well. Amazing. Uh, and kind of adding and jumping out on my own in two different, very different, but also really kind of combined areas of the world, real estate and design. Yeah. They talk about the flywheel in Good to Great. Mm-hmm. Talking about adding to your yeah. flywheel. And to me, it's just, it's perfect. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I, I recently just found it too, and it was kind of one of those holy crap moments. I had written out, sitting down within the first few months of the pandemic, like a, a 2020 business plan. Yeah. Like I'd never strategized about a business plan in my life. Like you have those fleeting thoughts. I'm not the greatest at journaling. I've always wanted to make that a strength of mine. It's not like I'm a, I'm a verbal journaler. Like I like having conversations with people. Um, but I, I, you know, I sat down when we were all closed up at home and had this, like, I don't know, piece of Bristol board. It wasn't Bristol board. It was probably from a package I had ordered on Amazon. I don't know. It was a piece of cardboard. And I wrote like a circle with like Monica Shugan and I had somebody work on my branding for no other reason than I just wanted my name branded. At that point, I didn't even know that I'd be using it for a business. I just wanted myself to be branded and kind of excite myself about a business. So kind of drew it out in the middle of that paper and then did like your typical, like branched off things that I wanted to do that I was passionate about that I was like, why not? What the hell? I'm just going to yeah. put it on paper. And, you know, one was starting my own little design firm. One was being featured in like a, a magazine or connecting with a photographer and doing some interior design photography because I do love that aspect and showcasing things in a specific way. One was like real estate, but I, I kind of put that like on the far corner so that I didn't have to look at it or like take ownership of it. And I remember doing that. And yeah, it was only two years ago, but I found it recently stuffed the back of a closet when I was cleaning it out. And I, I was like, well, let's have a look. And literally like eight of the 10 things that I had written on there on. in a moment of despair when we were all, you know, week six at home and the workouts that we were doing at home had all fallen off the map and you were <laughs> bored. That moment, I was like, oh my God, I'm like reading this. And it was one of those moments where I was like, shit, like I'm proud of what I've done. Like this was a time and the time is mm-hmm. now. And now I'm sitting here talking to you about home design and real estate. Yeah, and entrepreneurship. And entrepreneurship. Yeah, which like at the end of the day, like my mom was an entrepreneur. She was a hairdresser, ran okay. her own salons, um, helped bring big chains to fruition that we all, you know, at one point knew of, like first choice and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Back in 30 years ago, my dad was an entrepreneur, master carpenter, ran his own business for a long time. Wow. So I guess I've always had that spirit behind me, but it was like not what they wanted to push on me. They wanted a better future. It was grueling. They knew the hardships of that. Um, So they wanted, you know, encouraged in a very positive fashion to go down the route of getting a university education. Like, don't go down the trade side. And now we're all begging for trades people. I'm like, where's all? I'm like, all my nieces and nephews, which are going into university or just coming out. I'm like, do a trade. Come work with me. Be a framer or like whatever we need in the world, right? Um, So yeah, it's just, I never thought I would classify myself as an entrepreneur. So it's pretty exciting to to be able to do that and like own it. Like, yeah. 
I'm a freaking entrepreneur. I have a business number. It's real. Yeah, pay taxes. The CRA knows about yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. you can't well, hide I'm anymore. Very proud <laughs> of you for that. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's incredible. I think sometimes we fall into it. We do. You know, and I think at the beginning, it's very surreal in the sense of, I can't believe this is happening. Is this happening? I'm not deserving of it. And then all of a sudden, it's like, I'm kicking ass. Yeah. Yeah. That inner voice, though, that I don't deserve it. Like, that's a big conversation. Like, that worthiness, like, it takes a lot to be like, no, I wake up and be okay and be like, today, you know, not every day. You don't wake up every day and go, this is the day I'm going to kill it. I'm going to get a new client. Like, I'm going to be featured or I'm, you know, going to have a new partnership with somebody. Like, I wake up some mornings and I'm like, it's cold. I should get to the gym. And I'm like, oh, but I can't. I'm tired. Like, I need a coffee. Yeah. Whatever the case might be. I got to throw up my back with like shoveling snow. Like things yeah. happen along the day that totally. you have to, you have to switch that mindset. Shit's going to go wrong all the time. You know that very well in the design world and in the, you know, home building and renovation world, like nothing. I don't think I've had one project that I've gotten through that doesn't have some sort of moment in time where you're like, I could lose my shit. Mm-hmm and ruin my whole day and possibly others around me because of my energy. Or I can just be like, no, oh, that sucks. Like, okay, what, what's our pivot? Like, how do we, how do we get through this? How do I not, you know, showcase a, an anger to my client so that they see that I have control? Cause as soon as you kind of release that, totally, yeah, you've lost control and then you don't look as, you know, like you've got your shit together. And you're, the, yeah, 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 get shit done. Yeah. Well, and at the end of the day, they're looking for you for your expertise and your calm. Exactly. Right. When someone's yeah. calm in chaos, you know, they talk about that as some big overarching, but it's, you know, calm in your kids not waking up, calm in something being late, calm in total change of plans, calm in getting nothing done one day because it was just very unproductive. Right. And knowing that you're going to go to bed, you're going to wake up, you're going to do your routine, you're going to go after it. And I think uh, we was just at a, a speech, actually, um, a presentation with Craig Spear, um, who, who's my personal coach, but he goes, when did they teach, he, he said the saying, it was beautiful. It was, when did they teach you about emotions in school? Hmm. What grade? Right. We weren't taught. No, we weren't. Right? So you learn on your own and whatever you're inputting, hopefully you can consume, like we talked about earlier, that, you know, how many people have, oh, I read that book too. And it's like, well, did you practice it? Because it doesn't look like it. Right. right? How many people read Think Like a Monk and Act Like a Dick? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right? True. Yeah. Let's talk about that. And you're kind of getting into it. So talk us through the real estate journey because I think, mm-hmm. you know, again, the pandemic was huge for real estate. Obviously, houses were going off the rails. Yeah. Now things are changing a little bit, but also coming back. And then it's like, well, is that just real estate and that's just the market or is it the time and period? Yeah. Okay. So for my journey with real estate, um, I grew up in South Mississauga. Um, you know, again, it's always been something in the back of my mind. I like the process of selling. I am a salesperson at heart, but I'm a right brain salesperson. So for me, it's the creative side of it. It's the relational side of it. Um, I think my success in sales, the way I've had it is definitely been due to my ability to connect and relate to people. Um, and that's my first and foremost. I think I didn't realize that I was selling half the time I was selling. And then I just found myself in sales roles. Like I yeah. think, I think that manager that inter- interviewed me, his name was Mark. I remember him really well. Maybe he'll be listening one day. I don't know. But, uh, you know, he was the one that was like, no, I want you in sales. And I'm like, no, 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 I, I don't want that. But that really was the catalyst that led me down this path. With wow. real estate, though, um, it was always in my mind. Growing up in South Mississauga, there's legacy companies down there. So we've got, you know, like big name brands that have been there where the fathers, like 
same age as my dad have built these brands yeah. within the South Mississauga region. It's very, um, they're very well known. They're on every bus stop, every, you know, ad that you could possibly see. And now their children who are around my age are, are taking over their businesses and growing and expanding them. So when I was in high school or even past that, I didn't think there was space for me in real estate. So I was like, Oh, I like the idea of real estate. I like yeah. houses. My mom and I would go to open houses, um, I, I laugh because my mom, like, I would come home as an eight, nine, ten year old to home, like, come home to the house. I was an only child at the time, and I wouldn't know what room my bedroom was going to be in. Like, she loved rearranging furniture; that was just her passion. So I would come home, and like, sometimes I'd have the master bedroom. The next day, I'd have like where the old office used to be. Like, I didn't know, but she would just redecorate, and I'd come home and be like, "Okay, I guess I'm in a new room today." <laughs> but real estate's always been a passion, um, yeah. but I didn't feel like there was space, so I let it go, and I, I climbed the corporate sales ladder for a long period of time. Wow. And again, pandemic, uh, I reconnected with one of those legacy brands in my area. Um, I'd gone to high school with him and I don't know why we we reconnected, but you know, as you do on Facebook or whatnot, and he reached out and he's like, have you put further thought in this? I know we talked about it like 10 years ago and I was like, actually I'm doing the course load right now. I thought, why not just load up my plate while we're all sitting at home during the pandemic? And that's what I did. So with real estate, um, the woman I joined, so CHK Real Estate, her name's Corey Harding Keys, um, really boutique styled team. So very small team. There's just three of us agents. We also have a marketer. We have a full-time admin. Um, we really kind of farm and express a boutique nature of our industry within South Mississauga, South Oakville, South Etobicoke. We really kind of keep that perspective so that we become, like you said, experts in that field. It's really hard as an agent to understand exactly what's going on everywhere in all of Southern Ontario or Ontario itself. So, you know, we're big on referrals. If it's outside of a zone that we're not working within, we want our clients to be connected to an expert in the area. And the KW family has that immensely. So we have a great internal system where we can reach out to somebody who might not be in our area, but boutique is like our middle name. So Corey, I met Corey at the gym, ironically, pre-pandemic. We'd be working out at 6am. She lived a lifestyle that I was like, I just, it was appealing to me. She, you know, she's done very, very well for herself. She's well known. Um, she's not someone who's a braggy kind of human being. She really has a quiet confidence about her, but people love that and gravitate towards her for that. And she lives her life in that certain way too. And I was like, I want to replicate that in the Monica way. Like I like her lifestyle. Um, I want to do that. I can do that. And I saw a lot of myself in her but I hadn't seen someone yet in a real estate capacity that I related to. And I think when that happened, you know, we're like lifting weights at six in the morning and I was like, shit, I could do that. And we started having these conversations over the pandemic, you know, meeting up for coffee when we could outside in the freezing cold, whatever it was. But yeah, we connected. And at the end of the day, I got through my course load and she's like, well, what are we doing? And I was like, no, no, I'm coming. I'm coming with you. Like this is happening. So yeah, we collaborated and it's been amazing. Like it's been just under a year now in, in real estate. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. It's been, it's been awesome. She's been so encouraging. Um, and I really felt like my take on the design world and what I wanted to bring to the table in terms of boutique experience, uh, I didn't want to grow a large firm. That's not in my in my mindset at this moment. Um, I wanted to collaborate and work with like-minded people, but keep it, you know, if someone's reaching out for the Monica Shugan brand, yeah. I want to give them Monica Shugan. I didn't want to give them an assistant that I have or a junior designer and put that person on the project. I want it to be me, um, which, you know, expansion looks a little bit different when you're doing it yourself that way. And I don't know what I'll what it'll look like in five years from now. Yeah. But it really kind of matched up with the with the real estate side for me at the same time. So my mission is growing those together in that capacity. That's amazing. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think marrying the two is big. Like, you know, for anybody out there listening, that's what it's all about, right? I have a, a friend that works for IG and, you know, his boss was the guy he used to train. At, he was a trainer at Good Life. And, you know, he used to train his now boss. Hmm. Right. And I think, you know, for entrepreneurs out there that are looking for people and looking for staff and looking for teammates or looking for a partnership, look externally. Right. Right. Especially if you're alone. Yeah. Look externally. Ask that awkward question. Right. The confidence shows through, you know, whatever it is you're passionate about or passionate about learning and becoming a sponge. And I think what's cool speaking to you because you've you've built quite like an empire for lack of a better word. But for me, my empire is solo at the moment. But I think what it, it took me a while to understand and what I would want to encourage people who really don't know what the vision of their own company they're thinking of starting looks like is, is there's the ability to leverage. You know, I talked about I'm not good at the financial aspect of it. I need someone in tax world to sort that out for me, especially getting into the the real estate world or, you know, the design world in terms of operational aspect, ordering, keeping all my accounts in, in good standing and whatnot. Yeah. I'm not, I didn't go to school for interior design, but that doesn't mean I can't be involved in the interior design world and work as a consultant in that aspect. I just leverage, if I need stamp approvals, I have the people behind me that totally. I've connected with that I can leverage at that point and utilize on my team, which is like the, out, the outer sphere of my team on a, a subcontract level or whatever it might look like to get the job done. Totally. It can be completely like, you know, the, the way you get to that role doesn't have to be typical way that you get to that role through schooling and whatnot. Called power squad. Yeah. The power squad. You, you know, yeah. your accountant, your lawyer, usually your tax advisor and, uh, you know, financial planning. It's huge. And it I think, huge. you know, not, we, uh, everybody always says, um, you know, one of the things I challenge a lot of people on is whatever you do first, mm -hmm. which is I own an interior design business, just drop the interior design. The yeah. business part of it is the same whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, a carpenter, a cleaner, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And the things in business are paying taxes, understanding payroll, mm -hmm. understanding financial responsibility, community involvement, all these different things, employees, retention, marketing, branding, awareness, yeah. right? So then you add your own touch into it and you say, okay, how do I leverage that into this business role? But a lot of people, what happens is they're an expert in whatever they're doing and they try to be an expert now on the business side. Right. It's not necessary. Right. It's not necessary. And once you identify that and be like, I don't need to know this. I need to get four opinions so that I can now make an, an educated decision because I am smart and I am driven and I can say, okay, I, I'm going to take a little bit of a concoction from the three of you and I'm going to make my own decision. Yeah, intuition, right? To have exactly. That. Yeah. But yeah. I think a lot of people struggle with making that choice in business because they're like, well, I don't know how to do taxes. You don't, you don't have to know. You do have to reach out and learn mm -hmm. the basics. Right. And then trust the expert. Trust the expert. And have them in your corner. Like I think totally. that's, a, that's a big – leverage has been a big word for me in the last couple of years oh, because that. I think I've stopped myself from opportunities – because I was scared to leverage or I was like, no, everybody who gets to the point that I want to be at knows it all. I think that's the biggest fallacy. Like I, I always assumed that everyone that was at a success level that I wanted to replicate was smarter than me because they could, they, they understood it all, but really it's about leveraging and yeah. about bringing and pulling in trusted advisors. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think about, I work with Tyler, you know, Tyler from yeah. Reed, Reed Signature Interiors and we connected and, you know, it got to the point where he has something to offer me. 
and I've got something to offer him in our business perspective. So, you know, we work alongside each other and call each other up if we have questions about something that we're just not an expert in. Yeah. And we've seen both of our businesses grow totally. alongside each other because of that. So, you know, I think having people in your corner that you're aligned with and gosh, if you guys are at the same point of business too, that's a cool experience to kind of grow together. Totally. But it doesn't, it doesn't need to be that. It could be different levels. And, and I, I encourage everybody to kind of trust in yourself that you're picking the right people to be in your court. And sometimes we make a mistake. Sometimes it's not the right person. We got to move on, but that's okay. Like that's part of the learning curve too. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So you got a hundred things going on. I do. How do you, do you balance your personal work life? Do you not have a personal life? Do you have a great <laughs> personal life? What, what's the play here? Like, I feel like it always... depends on who you're asking in my life. <laughs> yeah. And, and Some think... people are like, you're always working. I'm like, yeah, that's that's true. But I think for me, uh, thank God for Google calendars. Like I don't there know what I would go, do yeah. without them. But, um, you know, and syncing all that calendar stuff. I was never, I don't know about you, but I was never good at calendar stuff. I was also like hardcore adamant about writing everything in like yeah. an actual physical, like I still have it in my purse over here. Like it's like. I, I still have that one just because it's like, it kind of feels like comfort to me. I don't even use it. I buy yep. it. It's a 20, 2023 calendar. I think I've written three things in it since the beginning of January because I have converted finally over to the digital world of yeah, calendars yeah. and they're, it's great. But um, I think for me, you know, I don't believe in balance. Maybe that's a bit taboo to say. Um, I think that's a big uh, fallacy in our world is like, I think that actually stunts growth is is talking about how we need to balance it because then you're so focused on like, am I giving my family enough time or my partner enough time? Am I giving my coworkers enough time or the business that I'm building? Am I working on my business? Am I working in my business? Like all those terms. And then you get stressed out and you don't do anything. You don't act on anything. And action really is the key to consistency in everything. Totally. So for me, I don't I don't talk about balance because it actually stresses the shit out of me. I won't do it. But I do talk about a pendulum. So it's like, you know, some days and some points in our life, be it months, be it weeks, whatever, we're going to be working a lot. Like it, it, it just is what it is. But the pendulum always swings and you're able to go on vacations to Costa Rica or whatever you can do to like insert that life aspect of it again. Yeah. Um, I love that. I mean, I think it was the same with relationships, right? Like yeah. at one point you're going to be supporting your partner on their adventure and take a bit of a backseat on your own so that you could be supportive to them and then vice versa. Like we're never, I shouldn't say never, maybe there are people out there, but at, at some point you're not on the same playing field all the time in every aspect of what you're doing. So totally. relationships, relationship with yourself, there's got to be a pendulum. And I like that analogy more so than like balance i crumble with balance like, yeah me out. no no and, and and you know what like it's interesting as we as we go on it's like uh like you know if anything's if you're striving for greatness in any aspect mm -hmm. i love that pendulum i've never heard that before and I, it's stolen immediately yeah so for all you out there monica said it first <laughs> pendulum stolen let's Take go it and run with yeah. it yeah um but i think that's fantastic um so we always kind of wrap up the podcast with this question and uh I think it's a powerful one just because the concepts around, okay, f five years ago, could you imagine where you are today? Yeah, absolutely not. Right? <laughs> so we're, we're saying, okay, now we're in the present. We're aware. Yeah. We're aware five years ago we couldn't imagine that. 
what are you going to say five years from now to your future self? Mm -hmm. And then what would you give advice wise to your younger self? Yeah. So I did some research and, you know, obviously I've been listening to your podcast, but I know yeah. you tend to ask this question. So yeah, I was like, yeah, I don't yeah. prepared for this one, Perfect. but I think this is, this is a big one for me. So I, I think number one, I'm like, if I could tell my old self, you know, or like go back and like tell my eight year old self, or then also tell the person that I'm going to be in 10 years from now, yeah. like step into your power, like Whew. own that power. Like I, I I'm, I was not a confident kid. Like I crumbled. I mean, I moved in grade four at a time when it was tumultuous to move in school. Like there's so many things that we all have traumas that we take along with ourselves. Yeah. But for me, it was like, step into your damn power, like own it. We are all created so differently on this world. Like share it. We have so much to share as people. Like I, I've not come across one person in my life that has not taught me something yep. good, bad, otherwise, but like everybody's got something to share with the world. Share it. Freaking share it, man. Like, I love podcasts for this reason because you get to know new people. Yeah. Um, so step into your power. Um, I think the other part for me is too, is like trust your intuition. I think that trusting your intuition takes time. Like, yeah. you know, we have, we've got, we go through gut feelings or you go through like health modes. Like there's a reason why your body is stressed or there's a reason why you're, you know, you get clammy hands and sit, like, there's all these reasons. I'm a big person about listening to your body, uh -huh. but trusting that intuition. And I think, going forward, I just want to make sure that I'm still trusting my intuition. And if you've picked a path and then all of a sudden your intuition one morning is like not feeling good about it, it's okay to pivot. Like, yeah. I think there's sometimes we can be steadfast in something so much because I'm like, I put it out in the world. This is what I want to do. How do I get that back? Like, what are people going to think if I don't actually action that? Well, yeah. at the end of the day, who, who the hell, nobody's really watching your life with a micro, like magnifying glass going, Oh, Monica said in 2013 that she was going to do this and she hasn't done it yet. Like nobody does that. So totally. freaking trust your intuition, step into your power. And then there's room. This is a big one for me is that there's room for everybody. I mean, that stems back to my real estate situation. Oh, I like, I mean, I could go out and open up another HVAC and plumbing company and go head to head with you. I love but that. like at the end of the day, there's room for everybody. Right. I so I think. I, I, I really mean this in the interior design world, possibly even a lot of the real estate world, but real estate to my old self, because we all know that I didn't, you know, it didn't feel like there was space for me. And now I've carved yeah. that space. I recognize that there is, but in the design world, the collaboration, you know, it's not about me versus the other designer out there that, that there's space for everybody. We all bring something unique to the table. And I think that's for my business. I've done a lot of the consulting work. Like I work with a girlfriend of mine out in Oakville. She calls me in, we do some collaborative work, true love designs in Oakville. We've got to call her out, love her to death. You know, I've been brought in by a good friend of mine up in Muskoka at the local studio. The girls up there are phenomenal, but at the end of the day, we each have something different to bring to the table and it's okay to pull on other people in the same field as you. There's, there's room for all of us. I absolutely love that. I remember, um, you know, again, talking to just a, just a personal moment that kind of really hits home is mm. I remember talking to my mom and, um, you know, she's my biggest supporter, but she was like, Dan, like there's, a, there's already a lot of plumbing companies in the city. Like, are you going to be able to like, get in? Yeah. And it was just coming from a place of concern. Yeah, um, for sure. And, and it was like, that was my mindset too. I just didn't say it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But there's so much work out there. The communities that we're in just tighten up and get stronger as you come together. Exactly. All of a sudden you have this bond with them where yeah. you can bounce ideas off. There's organizations that you can join. And, yeah. and uh, you know, that's why they have, they say colleges, you know, colleges of doctors and colleges. They're to bounce ideas. They're to be together. They're the to be entire relatable. Industry, yeah. Right? yeah. I absolutely love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, for sure. So guys, 
you heard it first, <laughs> Monica Shugan. There was so many nuggets there. I don't even know where to start. Nuggets. I love um, that word. You know, one of the things we always say and ask ourselves is, why not me and why not now? You know, Monica is an, an incredible example of that, not just in one aspect, but in multiple. Um, so we just want to thank you so much for being on the show. It was an honor. Honestly, I'm so excited about this. Yeah. yeah. And um, for everybody listening, guys, uh, the show wouldn't be here without you guys. I know my mom's going to tune in every week, but not everyone's going <laughs> to listen. So um, without you guys you know, the show wouldn't kind of continue and also get the traction that it's, it's been getting um, guests and entrepreneurs like Monica coming on the show, sharing their stories, being vulnerable and opening up. So uh, thank you so much. Thank you. That was awesome.